You are listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Amanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. From Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, Jesus goes on, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, begging him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and did what? Forgave the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. He began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should, you, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now here's Jesus. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, this is a hard word this morning. We want to understand it well. So God, by this word and through your spirit, we ask that you would light up the text for us. Help us to understand. And Lord, I pray that we will walk away from this text, um, not only understanding it better, but being strengthened by it, being encouraged and being assured by it. And we will thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, I've talked about cooking the books before. What's cooking the books? Huh? When you're corrupt. All right? You're corrupt and you change all the numbers to make it look like everything is perfect. Well, today, we're not just talking about cooking the books. We are going to be talking about burning 
the books. We're getting rid of the books. There will be no debt ledger. Okay? We're burning the books. We're embracing death because Jesus is is the mercy of God for you. We're burning the books. We're embracing death because Jesus is the mercy of God for you. All right. What is going on here this morning? Peter, well, he comes with a good question. Lord, if a brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Maybe seven times? We could give Peter a hard time here. And we will, actually, in just a couple of minutes. But the question, seemingly, is innocent enough. It's a good question. If someone, and and this is coming on the coattails of some other things that have happened in our text. Let me me just go past it. uh, Go through it, rather. Uh, In chapter 16, Peter confessed that Jesus was truly God, the Messiah, Lord. And what did Jesus say to him? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the Spirit of God. Good. What happened just after that? Jesus says, listen everyone, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. And Peter says, ha! No, far be it, this could never happen. The one that just confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was Lord, he's now saying to that same Lord, ha, you're telling lies. This can't be what is supposed to happen. What does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. Because why? Because Peter's Satan? No, because Jesus, is, uh, because Peter is speaking the words of Satan as opposed to the words of Jesus. Words of doubt instead of words of faith. Now, Peter gets forgiven for this, just like Peter has gotten forgiven for many things throughout the course of Jesus' ministry. But now, Jesus, and, and, and what is forgiveness, really? All right, we're talking law and gospel now. Forgiveness is not law. Why? Because according to the law, we all have a debt that needs to be paid. According to the law, you make mistakes, you sin, and then you move on and you try to never do it again. According to the gospel, though, you are forgiven of your sin. This is what Jesus has been teaching his disciples over and over and over and over again. And so now Peter comes and asks this question, Lord, I know that I've been forgiven. Now I'm wondering how many times do I forgive my brother? Peter is immediately wanting to take forgiveness and put it in terms of the law. And so what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus does what he always does, and he goes to the furthest extent possible. He goes above and beyond with Peter. And what does he say? Uh, Yeah, not seven times, but how about 77 times? What about, look, some translations might say 70 times seven. That's a lot. I don't do math, but that's a lot. What is Jesus actually saying there? Uh, now, I love, I love, I keep bringing them up, but um, a couple of the church fathers speaking on this, what do they say? Well, seven is the seventh day of creation, the day of rest. 
and seven's truly the only number that you can rest in. It's a number of completion, and 77, well, that's completion, completion. Okay, that's a little bit overboard, but it makes a good teaching point. It really does. Jesus is saying, as complete as forgiveness could ever be, that's how much forgiveness that you offer to a brother that has sinned against you. So here's Peter. He says, Lord, I know that I'm forgiven, but I'm just wondering. Now, I'm sure Jesus has forgiven him far more than seven times at this point. But he's wondering now, according to your law, Jesus, how many times am I going to forgive? Now, Jesus does this all the time. We talked about this when we started talking about parables this year. What is a parable? It's a story. It's a teaching story. But a parable is not the gospel. The parable does not offer to you the good news about Jesus' death and resurrection for you, the forgiveness of your sins. Usually what a parable does is it actually stops up the ears. It opens some people's ears to the gospel. It's like paving a road, okay? It's paving a road to get people to the gospel, but there's certain people that hear parables and they can only hear it in terms of the law. And those people aren't going to get it. They're not going to understand who Jesus is. So this is actually not a great situation for Peter to be in. After he's confessed Jesus as Lord, after he's then sinned against Jesus and then been forgiven for it, now he asks a question that demands Jesus speak to him, not in terms of the gospel, but in a parable. Speaking to him in a clouded or a hazy way, a not clear picture. But, but let's just see exactly what's happening here. So, uh, Jesus says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. How do we know that Jesus is talking about the law now? Well, there's a king and servants, so we're talking about the law. Also, he's talking about the settling of accounts. How many of you get a letter from SARS and think, good news? Ugh, no, right? No, 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 the settling of accounts, this is not good. This is not good. This is law language that we're talking about here. Um, a king is coming to settle accounts. Let's see what kind of king he is. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. If you have a study Bible, uh, you've probably read something about this before, but let's not get into nonsense this morning. Uh, this is a lot of money. This is more money than you or I and all of us put together could ever earn for ourselves. It's actually impossible that someone could go into this much debt. It's literally impossible. It's especially impossible that a master or a king would give one of his servants or a slave that much money and let him go into debt. And yet this is the story that Jesus puts us into. An outrageous one. Where this guy is billions and billions and billions, and let's just say it, dollars in debt. And since he could not pay, and that's why it says, and since he could not pay, because it's outrageous. No one could have paid. 
And since he could not pay, the master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. And so the master says, well, I at least get a little bit of money out of this guy. Let's sell him off. His family too, his children, anything he has. Get rid of it. Give me the cash. But the servant falls on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. Okay. If you got into this much debt, you're a liar. (laughs) You are a liar. And you've been lying for a very, very long time. Not only that, his lies don't stop. He says, no, 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 just wait. Another week, I'll have it all. (laughs) I'll pay you everything, the servant says. And for this master, this king... Well, that's good enough. All right, so what did forgiveness look like under the law? Okay, now I'll forgive you the debt if you and your children and your wife are sold into slavery and I own your house. That's what forgiveness looks like under the law. This king, though, is going to take it in another direction. Out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave the debt. What? He didn't say, okay, how about another loan deferment? Let's just put it off for another couple of weeks. I'm sure you're good for the money. Been saying that for, what, like a million years that it took to get that debt. No, he doesn't defer the loan. He instead forgives it outright. This king is literally, he's not cooking the books anymore which Jesus has a tendency of doing because his math is weird. No, this guy's burning the books. He's saying, forget it. The billions and billions and billions of dollars that you owe me, forget it. It's gone. All right. Hey, I don't usually do this, but let's do this for a second. Verse 27 there, this word pity. This is a funny Greek word. It happens just a couple of times in the New Testament. And it's a, I love it because it's a funny word to say. So I'm going to need your help pronouncing this word. Can I get your help doing this? Okay. I'm going to say the first bit, and then I'm going to teach you the second bit of it. It's splunk, nits, oh my. Okay? All right? So what's your part to say? Oh my. Can you do this? Okay, so splunk, nits, Oh my, (laughs) oh my, (laughs) this is the kind of pity that this guy is having on his servant. Um, We see this happen, I believe it's in in Mark's gospel. Jesus is looking out over the crowd and he has pity on them. He has compassion for them. He has splunknitzami for them. And the splunknitzami is a really weird word. It's kind of a violent word and it's also a forgiving word. So uh, he said, in Mark's gospel, it says that they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion for them. So simultaneously, Jesus in that moment is angry because they were supposed to have good shepherds, but they didn't. So now he's going to be their good shepherd. And at the same time, he has this gut reaction. It's actually something in the guts, okay? And he has this, this gut reaction to be giving forgiveness to them and having compassion for them 
And so this king here has this for this servant. He has this guts reaction. And this gut reaction, guts reaction is, I'm angry and I'm completely compassionate towards you. It's a weird, it's a weird word. It's a hard word to navigate and to translate, which is why it's so much fun to say then. But he forgives him of the debt. Hey, you know, this is a weird thing. What happens when we just give forgiveness to people? We don't know. Anything could happen after that. Forgiveness is dangerous. Right? So let's just put this into practice for a second in a church. Let's think about a church discipline situation where we forgive 70 times 7. 77 times. Or we just keep on forgiving to completion, as it were. What can that type of person that would be in, in causing trouble in a church, what could they do? Well, they could take advantage of it. They could cause more trouble. They could end up hurting people. What about in your life? What if you offer forgiveness or the benefit of doubt to someone? Well, they could take advantage of you. Why would we do that? Why would Jesus do that for you? That's the question he's now posing to Peter. He's making a very clear point here of saying, Peter, listen, you're dangerous with forgiveness because now you only want forgiveness according to the law. Which means, Peter, when I forgave you earlier, what you actually think is that you deserved the forgiveness that I gave to you. And Jesus is trying to snap him out of that right now. How do we know this? Here's the next part. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. It's a lot of money, and yet not, not something worth killing someone over, okay? Especially when you have a debt of like a trillion dollars, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and seizing him, what did he do? Seizing him, he said, oh, I forgive you! No, he choked him and said, pay me what you owe me. And the other servant pled with him and said, have patience and I'll pay you. Basically, leaving it open-ended, I'll pay you whatever you want. Not even, I'll pay you everything, I'll pay you whatever you want. The servant in question here refused and went and put this man in prison until he could pay everything. This is the perfect picture of what happens when you give forgiveness to people. They think they deserve it, and then they go out and they don't offer it to anyone else. This is what Jesus is saying. Peter, you're that person right now. This is Jesus speaking to you this morning saying, ABC, you are those people. Um, let, me, let me touch on something that... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll repost the sermon this week as well, talking about this passage in John. Um, 
I lost my sheet. There we go. In John chapter 20, I preached on it just a while back. And it's when Jesus uh, tells, and actually Tim read it for us last week from Matthew's Gospel. Um, It's where Jesus is talking to the disciples and He gives um, them the authority to forgive and to withhold forgiveness. In church history, they call this the the office of the keys or the authority of the keys. Um, Here's here's what we could say about it. It is a special authority, this this ability to forgive. It's a special authority given to the church by Jesus. Um, And and this authority gives the church, uh, or rather the people that make up the church, that's a better way of saying it, the, the ability to forgive a sinner or withhold forgiveness from an unrepentant sinner. Um, and I think that we should see it as any time we do this, uh, that that forgiveness that we give or we offer to someone is just as valid and as certain as if Jesus was offering it Himself. Okay? That's exactly what He was telling His disciples. If you offer my forgiveness to people... It's just as valid and as certain, as assured, as if I were offering it to them. Um, And our little faith instructed, uh, there's a chapter called, Whose Keys Are These? Okay, that's week 31. And here's one of the questions. What are the keys to the kingdom? The preaching of the Holy Gospel and Christian discipline towards repentance. Both of them open the kingdom of heaven to believers and close it for unbelievers. Anchored Baptist Church on a Sunday when we pray a prayer of forgiveness and then I say these words, which could make you uncomfortable. Maybe it should make you uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable too. This morning, God has sent His Word to call us back to Himself. When we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is merciful and returns us to Himself. Brothers and sisters, by the command of Christ and the power of His promises, you are forgiven. That is an extraordinarily dangerous thing I do each and every week. We did it for one another this morning in our singing, in our reading, and our confessing together. It's very dangerous. Why? Because we, like Peter, are going to go out and be the servant that doesn't want to offer the same um, completion of forgiveness that Jesus offers to us. Let's keep on reading here. And, and it seems, sorry, let me just say, it seems like up to this point, this is what it looks like when you give forgiveness to the wrong person. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not... And should not you, sorry, let me, let me just change that. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all of his debt. All right, this parable has just come clear to us. There's a couple different kinds of parables. There's some about the kingdom. This sounds like a kingdom parable. Right? 
That's what Jesus says. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to. There's some parables that are just simply about grace. Like the guy that goes out and throws the seed in the ground. He sleeps. He doesn't do anything else. He wakes up and things are sprouting. Things are growing. And all of a sudden, he has a harvest to attend to. That's a a good parable of grace. That's a a good one to pave our way to the Gospel. But all of a sudden, I think this is coming more clear to us as not a parable of the kingdom, but rather a parable of judgment. This was an impossible debt that this person had to pay. How long is this guy going to be in prison to pay it? He's not getting out of prison. That's the point. He is not getting out of prison. And what does Jesus say specifically now to Peter and to you and to me? So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. The king here says, fine. You want things to be settled under the law? Then let's settle it under the law. The law. What has Jesus taught us, though? Well, Jesus has taught us to pray. He did that, didn't He? He taught us to pray that um, forgive us our sins as we go about forgiving those who sin against us. This is something that Jesus has been teaching His disciples and you and me since the beginning. Another thing that should scare us a little bit in this passage is when Jesus says, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Anchored Baptist Church, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to forgive someone from my heart, I'm going to need a brand new heart. (laughs) I'm going to need a brand new heart each and every day because this heart that I have is not willing to just forgive willy-nilly. I'm not out there ready to even forgive the person that cuts me off in traffic, let alone the person that actually sins against me. I'm a Peter in this story. I am Peter, and I so gladly and willingly receive Christ's forgiveness, and then I turn around and refuse to hand it out to anybody else. This parable's odd because it leaves us in a weird spot. It leaves us in a weird spot because the final word is a word of judgment. Actually, very similar to what we heard in our Romans passage this morning. Let me read the last couple of verses of that. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we, for we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us, will give an account of himself to God. Paul does some other talking there too. He talks about uh, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's, right? You know, 
Jesus has already spoken to Peter and his disciples about what is going to happen to him. He has said that he will be taken away by the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jewish community, and he will be nailed to a cross and he will be put to death, but then he would rise again. Jesus is going to be put to death for you and your sin. He's going to be put to death to forgive you. He's even going to be put to death because of your continual unwillingness to forgive others. He's going to be put to death so that you can honestly pray, Lord, forgive me my sins as I go about forgiving those who sin against me. It's not something that you can do on your own. It's not something you can do from your own strength. It's not something that you were born with the heart to do. Instead, Jesus is going to go to the cross for you. Here in this story, what happens at the beginning of this story? You have a king who had a crazy amount of wealth that was just theoretically sitting there. And when he went to take a hold of it, what did he have to do? He had to burn it. He had to die to it. He had to die to himself in order to make sure that that debt was covered over. This servant was unwilling to die to himself. Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, it's hard to understand. And I have hard words to share with you. But this is what I need you to do. I need you to burn the books, Peter. I need you to embrace death to yourself. Because, Peter, I am the mercy of God for you. Anchored Baptist Church, when it comes to life with one another, when it comes to life with people in your household, when it comes to life out in the world, Jesus is telling you this morning that it's time to burn the books. That it is time to continually be dying to yourself. That it is time to see Jesus for who He actually is for you. He is the mercy of God who will not stay angry forever, but instead will and does forgive you of your sin. And He does it each and every day. He does it without hesitation. He does it freely. So that you too can go out and extend the forgiveness of Christ freely to those around you. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.